Community Church, you are welcome to Redeem Community Church. Our doors are open to you, as well as our hearts too. You are welcome to redeem you. We greet you this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Willie L. Patterson III, pastor of the Redeemed Community Church, located at 6254 House Ferry Road in Mobile, Alabama. We are excited about this new radio broadcast that's coming your way. And I pray that throughout the years that this broadcast will be a blessing to you and your family. Let people know that Redeemed Community Church in Mobile, Alabama is now on the air. Every Saturday at 9.30 a.m., you can catch us right here on this station. And so, brothers and sisters, we are just excited about the summer. Summer has started. Our kids are out of school here in Mobile. And we started our summer camp this past Wednesday. We still have some slots available for ages four through 12. You can contact the Redeemed Christian Academy at 251-639-1900. Registration is $35. Weekly fees, $75. Our theme in our summer camp has always been and will continue to be having fun while learning. Our goal is to make sure your children don't lose a step in their reading, their writing, their math, their science. So we constantly reinforce so that they're prepared when school reopens in about eight weeks. I'm starting to notice that summer, summer breaks are shorter and shorter because so many kids get behind during the summer. But bring your kids to Redeem Christian Academy, and I promise you we will enforce learning uh, at least four to five hours per day, but they'll also have fun. So, again, that's Redeem Christian Academy Summer Camp. We're located at 6254 House Ferry Road in Mobile, Alabama. You can call the Christian Academy at 251-639-1900. As we get ready now to share the word with you on this Saturday, I, I was led to go to a book, my first book I wrote uh, a few months ago and published, self-published, it was entitled From Brokenness to Wholeness. And as you look at the events in America right now, so much is happening. We think about what happened in Buffalo, New York. Then what happened down in Florida, the mass killing of children, the mass killing of African-Americans. Uh, it's, it's troubling. And I'm convinced that our minds are not as guarded as they should be. So consequently, we find ourselves with the enemy attacking our, 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 our children, uh, attacking the thoughts and minds. These last two killings was done by 18-year-olds. And I emphasize the word teen, 18. They are still children, but yet their minds are being troubled by things of this world. They're, they're, they're being uh, given thoughts that are wicked and evil. Hatred is being placed into the hearts of these young people. And it doesn't happen overnight, brothers and sisters. George Meyer wrote a book years ago entitled Battlefield of the Mind, Winning the Battle in Your Mind. 
And I said to our church just last Sunday that if we don't get Christ in our children at a young age, evil will run rampant through their minds. And the, the, the command to love your neighbor as yourself, uh, well, if they have self-hatred and, and evil inside, I'm afraid that the neighborly love will be unwanted by many. Because we, we, we're not bringing them to Sunday school, Bible study. Uh, I'm not sure that much prayer time is taking place in the homes as it needs to be. Uh, hatred is just running rampant. And if Satan can captivate your mind and spirit up even to your heart, I'm afraid uh, you are a ticking bomb just waiting to explode. So how do we deal with the issues of life, the troubled minds that we, we, we face. So when, when I wrote this book, I was focused on scripture in the Bible where the man had been to pool of Bethesda for 35 years. And, 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 and when Jesus came to him and asked him, would I be made whole? He began to give excuses to why he was not whole. And oftentimes people tend to do that. And yet your, your, your healer is right there, right next to you, wanting to heal you, deliver you, set you free. So, so let's just look at from brokenness to wholeness, if you will, just for a few more minutes today, and then we'll get out your way, and we pray that this will be a blessing to you. So life is good. Life is simple. Life is fun. These are the phrases we most enjoyed as a child. But somehow life has a tilt in a southward direction. In other words, we go south. It's not like we run into a crash course, if you will. We meet acne and pimples. Girls meet nature. Boys are challenged with nocturnal dreams. We find ourselves dating and trying to navigate what was once described as good, simple, and fun. Then what happens with life? Heartbreaks come. Devastations I'll call them the curveballs of life. So then we end up saying life was good. Life was simple. And yes, life was even fun. But what happens to us when we feel the pain of love or sometimes the illusion of love at the tender age of 16? What happens to our heart when it is broken in high school? What happens when a childhood friend moves from the community or worse yet as what happened to us as a child when our childhood friend died. Life happens at a universal pace of 24 hours per day, nonstop, brothers and sisters. We, we can't get off life journey. We can't say stop. I need a timeout. It just keeps on moving. And all of us at some point in life will experience the joys and pains of life. I know what pain looks like. I know what joy looks like. And yes, I even know what the bliss of love looks like and feels like. But what happens when you refuse to move forward with life? Because it's become too overwhelming. There are many people in life who just couldn't take life anymore. They just gave up. They quit the job. They went home and, and they decided it's just too hard, too much hatred out here, too much backbiting going on. I mean, I grew up in the late 70s and early 80s when I finished high school. And here in Mobile, we experienced a hanging by, by the Ku Klux Klan in 1980. It's hard to imagine that that type of hatred and evil still exists. 
And so, brothers and sisters, how then do we move forward? We need a recipe to break life's brokenness. That brokenness leads to stagnation. And yes, it interrupts our steady pace with life. Stagnation can be a result of some mental or physical setback with life. Some setbacks we handle with ease. We shake the dust and we get up and we keep right on moving. But there are some moments in life I've discovered where it seems we just can't get out of that funk. And so we look at Jesus meeting this man who had been sick for 38 years. I think I said 35 when I first started. 38 years. John 5, 1 through 6. The man was placed at the pool of Bethesda. The Bible says an angel visited the place every year, once a year. And, and those that were impotent, blind, halt, withered, they waited for the moving of the water. And whosoever was the first to step into the water, after the angel troubled the water, that person was made whole of his disease. Now, when Jesus saw this certain man and knew he had been there a long time, Jesus asked the man, Wilt thou be made whole? Listen, brothers and sisters, sometimes we condition ourselves to accept our lame conditions as our lot with life. For whatever reason, we believe we deserve to be in this place. You know, I lived, I, I was wretched, I was evil, so I deserve what I'm getting. I deserve what life is giving me. And so we tend to just embrace the brokenness. You know, Jesus asked the man one simple question. Do you want to be made whole? And the man said to Jesus, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step it down before me. Listen, brothers and sisters, all of us understand that after a few licks with life, we can sometimes resort to woe. It is me. It does not take much to give up. It requires no effort whatsoever. Just stop trying. Sometimes it seems the world is against you. And there's no more fight in you. The Whitney Houston song, I Look to You, it seemed to have been a warning cry from the depths of her soul that she was tired. And she, she needed Jesus to heal her brokenness. Then how do we move, brothers and sisters, from brokenness to wholeness? Well, let's, let's, let's talk about the mind. I talked about George Meyer and the mind. Our thoughts flow from our mind. So therefore, our mind must be guarded with all diligence as it is the entry point for our thoughts and our deeds. Now, I learned personally, brothers and sisters, in my brokenness that the more I focus on the pain in my mind, the more I became broken. The more you focus on your condition and, and, and not really look at trying to do something about it, the more broken you become, the more depressed you become, the more discouraged you become. The more I talked about the pain, the more pain I felt. Because I was focused on that current condition and didn't think about there's a path out of this. There's a path back to wholeness. The word of God teaches us to renew our mind. Romans 12 and 2. As a man thinks on pain, but does not process pain and the impact it has on his mind, 
It simply resides in the mind. And that's a dangerous place for brokenness to reside. We lose control of our mind when we allow the broken moments to occupy space in our psyche. When I was pledged in my fraternity in 1985, we had to learn a poem entitled The Man Who Thinks It Can. The man who thinks he can. Listen carefully. It focuses on the power of the mind. And this poem was written by Walter D. Wimtel. He, he, he wrote, if you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you like to win, but think you can't, it's almost a cent you won't. If you think you'll lose, you've lost. Power in the world we find success begin with the fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. If you think you are outclassed, then you are. You got to think high, brothers and sisters, to rise. You got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win a prize. You see, he says, life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man. But soon or late, the man who wins is the one who thinks he can. So it's in your mind. You must discipline the mind to believe you can defeat every foe that you face. We cannot give our minds over to the moments that came to defeat us as God's children. We must renew our minds daily. Uh, that's a meditation that all of us must find as we rise every morning from that bed. God, I thank you for a new day. God, I thank you for another opportunity. I thank you for new grace and new mercy. Now, God, walk with me. Talk with me. Guide me, God. Keep my mind sharp. Keep my thoughts Focus, keep my eyes glued in the right way and let my ears become dull to evil, to hatred, to depression, anything that causes us to go astray. So remember, I remember uh, a story I often tell people and I wrote it in a book. I took a math test in eighth grade. And there were three of us considered the top three in the class. We were very smart. We'd do the math test quicker than anybody in the class. And then, because Mr. Christian had us lay our head on a desk, not so as to not disturb the other students that were still working. Then he would grade the paper quickly, and he would show us our score. With that particular test, I was so excited. I got through so fast, and I think I made a 62, and he put a sad emoji. It wasn't called emoji, but it was just a sad face on my test. And I was so broken by that 62. And when the bell rang to go to our next class, I just stood out in the hallway, and, and God is so good. Mr. Christian was in, on his, what he called a planning period, the next period. He came out to his class. He saw me standing in the hallway. He could tell I've been crying. He asked me if I knew the math material. I said, yes, sir. So you were just rushing. I said, yes. So he said, I'll tell you what, you can take the test again on tomorrow. And I thank God for the grace that was afforded me. I took the test, I took my time, and I made my A that I would normally make in his class. But you know, when you're broken or devastated by something, especially when you make a mistake and you know right from wrong, we know that red it seems like means stop. And we go through anyway, we have a head-on collision, and it's nobody's fault but our own. Uh, I, I, 
I know the pain of really messing up with life. I know how it is to wallow in self-pity. But you know what I've learned? That your mind will beat you up and the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, will rip into you for falling into his traps. The mind must, and listen to me, brothers and sisters, the mind must bounce back from setbacks and brokenness. We cannot afford to wallow in self-pity. We can't allow Satan to destroy us. The Bible teaches us that a righteous man falls seven times. But the word says, but he gets up. And so how do we get up after this pain? One thing I, I, I've learned to do and renewing my mind is to talk to myself. I demonstrate the knowledge of God's word when I speak to myself. Uh, I tell myself I'm a more, more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Uh, uh, I, I know the power of going to God and asking for forgiveness in Jesus' name. I know that he is waiting to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I, I no longer beat myself up and stay under the the bed or on the bed of sorrow and, and wishing I hadn't made the mistake, made the choice. And I often say it's not a mistake when I know right from wrong. I call it a misstep. I stepped in the wrong direction. So brothers and sisters, Satan will work your mind over. But if you understand that getting up is what God has given his children, then you can shake yourself and shake the dust and keep moving. Now, the worst thing we can say when we are broken is I don't want to talk about it. Well, the old sad that most men say, I'm good, all is well. The silence does not allow your mind to process what you are feeling. The emotional and physical anguish you are enduring. The mind must be exercised in a healthy manner to allow it to get back on track. In other words, you got to purge that pain, purge that disappointment, purge that mis misstep you may have made. And when we learn how to do that, we can move forward with life. I, I, I love this, this article I read written by Hannah Parvez. She talks about emotional suppression, the causes and the consequences. Uh, there are some things that she said that we must do. Uh, three things that you could do in in emotional situation where, where you're broken. You can fix what went wrong if possible. You can express your emotions if you cannot fix what went wrong. Or number three, you can suppress your emotions by denying something painful happened to you or using any other defense mechanism. You know, sometimes we go in denial about what we're dealing with. And denial is not a tool that works well for God's children. You know, David was in denial after what he did with Bathsheba, the adultery he committed, um, the, the murderous plot uh, to have her husband, Uriah, killed. And David went on as if nothing had happened until God sent Nathan, the prophet, to confront him. And that's when David confessed that he had messed up. So, so what, 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 what are suppressed emotions? Brothers and sisters, suppressed emotions are simply emotions. You choose not to acknowledge, thereby failing to act on them or express them. One fact you need to be aware of. That emotions can never really be suppressed. And the results, as a result, the result of the suppressed emotions, I call, I call those leaky valves. They leak out in your life in some manner. The desire to suppress only delays healing. Let me say that again. The desire 
to suppress the pain. It merely delays your healing path, the healing process. So to renew your mind, you must learn to release pain, anger, hurt, resentment, rejection, and denial. And that may be others that, 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 that are negative that's weighing you down. In other words, we must learn to detox our mind in order to move what I call through the healing process. And so I want you to understand. I want to quote something from George Meyer's book, The Battlefield of the Mind. She says, our actions are a direct result of our thoughts. If we have a negative mind, we will have a negative life. In other words, negativity produces negativity. If, on the other hand, we renew our mind according to God's word, we will, as Romans 12 and 2 promise, prove out in our experience the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for our lives. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to fight for your mind. Reclaim it by cleansing and purging the brokenness that refuses to leave your mind. One thing I like to do as a pastor, and especially when I'm counseling couples or individuals, is be very transparent. Um, I, I was locked down in pain myself for almost 20 years of anger and resentment as a result of rejection when I was in college. And it, it, it made me a bitter person. It didn't make me better because I allowed it to just reside, take up residence with my life. And, and, and every time someone came around me and I, and, and I may have had a drink or two when I was in the world, I, was, I would just go into my conversation about how I was hurt in college. Yet I was married, had a lovely family, and should have been focused on my family. But instead, I was so focused on my pain, uh, it took root. The Bible talks about the Hebrews, about the root of bitterness. If, 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 if it grows, it's a tough thing because you can't just say I'm done with it. You got to get to the root of it now and, 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 and have it pulled out of your heart and released so that you can walk in victory knowing that God redeemed you. God has set you on a place where you can walk in victory. Let me talk a little bit more as we hurry on uh, to close with this, this week's message. Confession. I've learned that confession is the only path to repentance. And repentance is the only path to allow Christ to pull us away from the sin he has already freed us from. I'm often reminded of the stubbornness of the heart, the refusal to admit we are wrong. Sometimes we find ourselves suffering in a broken condition of the heart and mind simply because we refuse to repent of our sin. We cannot justify the things we've done wrong. All we can do is confess. I mentioned King David. King David felt much guilt and agony after his adulterous moment with Bathsheba that led to the impregnation of another man's wife. David could not rest. He was stuck. He was broken. I'm sure most of us can relate to brokenness when we have unconfessed sin. 
David allowed the sin to permeate his mind, body, and soul. In other words, the sin was beginning to grow roots inside, which impacts our outward going. And yes, our ability to serve God. So David said in Psalm 32, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputed not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Sly a cunning intelligence, brothers and sisters, guile. So repentance brings happiness. It, it, it releases that heavy load that we've been carrying. And, and we walk around heavy laden and, and, we, and, and we can't really enjoy, we can't feel the spirit of God in the worship service. And sometimes people say, I just can't feel anything in church. Perhaps you're not feeling the, 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 the spirit of God because we have unconfessed sin that's blocking the spirit from interceding in our hearts to allow us to rejoice. There's always a heaviness of the heart when we allow unconfessed sin to smother us. And I use that word intentionally, to smother us. Uh, you you, you, you got to get through life. You got to go to work. You got to raise your children. But that smothering short circuits your joy. When we fail to confess what God already knows, we do not enjoy life the way it was meant to be enjoyed. I often believe people who are embarrassed over the sin they committed are the ones that suffer the longest in silence. There is some false perfection inside of them, and they believe the best solution is to keep silent. David said when he, when he spoke up and confessed, his bones got better. He was, he was hurting all day. And so we, 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 we have learned one simple fact, that we cannot defeat sin in our own strength. We achieve victory and freedom over sin through Jesus Christ by his death and, yes, his resurrection. Now, this is so important. The sin in our lives can only be defeated by the power of Christ. We must relinquish ourselves to Christ's lordship through true confession and repentance to be free from sin in our lives. So brothers and sisters, we will continue this study and this lecture and this message on next week. But I want you to look at your heart Examine your heart. Is there heaviness in your heart? Do you feel the spirit? Do you know you're saved? Are you able to walk in victory? Do you have your head up knowing that you have purged yourself? And this is why we say daily confession is good for the soul. We must confess. Uh, when we fess up, we can get up. We can praise God. We don't want broken fellowship to be the marquee with our lives because we're constantly out of fellowship with God when we have unconfessed sin. I often tell the church, and I'll close with this today, that for us as believers, sanctification is a three-part process. So brokenness comes even when you're sanctified, say the Holy Ghost filled. 
we reposition ourselves with our position of sanctification when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And while on this side, we make progress, progressive sanctification, we get stronger, we get wiser, so that what broke us in 1972 does not break us in 2022. The wisdom that God gives us allows us to move forward and walk in victory. Have yourself a wonderful, blessed Saturday. This has been Pastor Willie Patterson III, pastor of the Redeemed Community Church. And stay strong, my brothers and sisters. And remember, you can move from brokenness to wholeness in Christ Jesus. Um, to Redeemed Community Church, you are welcome. To Redeemed Community Church, our doors are open to you. As well as our hearts too, you are welcome to redeem. Yes, brothers and sisters, you are welcome to Redeem Community Church. If you're ever in Mobile, just meet us at 9 o'clock a.m. every Sunday for Sunday school. 10 o'clock is our worship service. We have teen church and children's church and, of course, our regular adult worship service. You're welcome to come worship with us and fellowship with us. Give us a try. We're a small church with a big heart. Until next Saturday, be blessed in the Lord. And remember, God loves you, and so do I.